gents. Welcome to the BioCharisma podcast. Today we have Tom Barnett. Um, I've been a huge fan of Tom. He's a, a thinker amongst other things. And on this podcast, I'm going to be interviewing people that I really respect. And as a deep thinker, years ago, I guess it was three years now, I started to hear him talk a bunch about the law. And for those of you that are getting to know me, the law, <laughs> the actual law, is kind of what brought me back to the United States. Um, in living abroad for close to 20 years, I had come to find in all these other countries that I had been in that I was under the misconception that there was a lack of freedom or that freedom even had to do with with the land that I was on. <laughs> As Vox Day says, the magical terrain. And what I'd come to find out through the different creditors that I have befriended and also people like Tom Barnett is that the law is only a description of what is actually already so. And the law pointed me to the, t the total knowingness that my consciousness has everything to do with my state of being, which is kind of odd because I lived in an ashram for a very long time and went the more esoteric route for knowing those types of things. But uh, Tom Barnett, along with Cal Washington and a whole host of other people were very specific with talking about the law and it's just wonderful because y you would think something that's so you know from a projection perspective paper bound and bureaucratic to be <laughs> kind of uh dry but uh my wife and i have been finding it to be the the deepest a way to actually explore consciousness and to explore boundaries. Um, this podcast is about our consciousness and on the meta level, the cosmology that we explore with our guests is really to get to know on a deeper level where where their projection has us. Um, we We have the subjective experience of our projection and then we have the objective experience that we get to share so it's a it's a lot of fun to uh have bright minds and bright souls really really shiny folks on here to get to the nitty-gritty of this because uh once you start to go down this path you really start to understand that the realm that we reside in is temporal and a lot of fun like you you can have the the capacity for true responsibility and the more the more that that takes hold in your soul the more that that takes hold in your being um you can have you can have a divine experience you can you can get better my own personal path with this all of this stuff that i do is i'm just trying to get better that's that's all it is so 
the folks that I'll have on the podcast, I, I feel like they're on a similar path. And um, we wax rhapsodic about a bunch of different things in this podcast, weather, uh, amending the weather, amending our, our health. Uh, we just briefly touched on water. Um, <laughs> we have since talked a couple times and uh, I'll probably have a regular bit going with Tom because uh, we can get tangential and go, you know talk for hours and hours and hours about any given topic. So uh, this podcast, I think you know everybody has their own timing in their life. Uh, what I would suggest is that really be aware of when you're listening to this or when you're watching it and what your environment is signaling you. Um, I'm, a, I'm a student of the trivium and the quadrivium, and that essentially just says whatever information you're running through your own filters, you need to measure them against your senses. So being very aware of your environment relative to when you're actually taking in information, it adds, it's you know set and setting. So uh, just just take that of note, take it for what it's worth. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, you can find Tom Barnett on tombarnett.tv. That's his website. And then also Tom is uh, on Telegram, the same moniker. And uh, we're launching Topher HQ. So it's the BioCharisma podcast. I kept I kept the the name of my old podcast. Just because I like it, it's uh, something I created, and I think it's cute. And we'll have Curtis Stone and a bunch of permaculture people on there, where we'll get deep into the 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 Negretto phase of nature and talking uh, talking about biochar and how we can engineer on a very practical level our surroundings. And uh, yeah, and then the whole thing with bio meaning life and. Uh, charisma being the gift given given by our creator um, you know I, I, I just I love that and I try and embody that as much as I can so enjoy the podcast whether you're listening or watching and uh, just know that uh, my job is to bring the most creative minds to you as possible and we will uh, really give a, a deep dive with what's happening in our local environment. My man Tom Barnett is here for the inaugural BioCharisma podcast. Good to see you, Tom. Yeah, you too. This has been a long time coming. Uh, very excited to chat. Yes, sir. Now that we don't have Anchor Bear muttering, muddying stuff up between us, you know. Um, dude. You came on the scene in my consciousness really strong about three years ago with the law, with all these ways of looking at law. And what I really appreciated about how you were coming at it was you were speaking about it from a consciousness perspective. Essentially how the world has been, is a mirror of your consciousness. And the law is a, is a, a tool within that componentry of life but it isn't what actually gives you the rights. It isn't what actually gives you these things that a lot of people 
look at the law with. And I just, I just always really appreciated that, that level of knowingness that you were coming from, because it was obvious that you were living it. It wasn't just something that you had studied because you were coming on the scene uh, with a lot of other people that were talking about the law, but you could kind of feel the fear in them. And I really resonated with you and Cal Washington the most because Cal was giving his personal antidotes about <laughs> how he faced the, the system and how he moved through it. And then you were coming at it from your perspective. And then I guess it's like close to eight months ago, you were just dropping these little hints on your Telegram channel about your capacity to witness the weather and not for lack of a better term, modify it, but you had the capacity through observance and through reverence to actually have some, some sway with your local environment. And then I was like, I gotta talk to this guy. Like, <laughs> because there, that's such a, that's because you were only hinting at it. I only, I think there was like a, I mean, I don't know how many people reached out to you with that, but I wanted to know, like, it, it, it with that, those little hints that were you dropping. One was I actually taking that correctly with what you were saying, and two, like, did you have people like hitting you up about like what exactly are you talking about? Like, what was going on? Yeah, well, there was for sure. There's a reason I was just hinting at it too. Actually, firstly, are you recording this in gallery view or speaker view? That's a good question. My guys just go to gallery, go to gallery if you're not, because that way, like, you know, when you do recordings with people and you can only see one guy talking at a time, but I reckon we're going to make each other laugh. So I reckon it'll be good to uh, have, have both of us on screen at the same time. <laughs> no, you're in gallery. They're like, I see. It's gallery. Yeah, cool. yeah. I see. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So first of all, the reason I was only hinting at things is because I know from past experience where sometimes you have to say the thing because the timing needs it. For example, when we're talking about law and stuff, as you mentioned, the reason I was being more direct about things is because the t it wasn't the time to just hint at things and give people the time and space to internalize and, and then externalize or express what it is that it's all about. Like you said, like me and Cal talk about it differently from other people, for example. Mm -hmm. But with something like affecting the weather, I think that that's got, you know how like oftentimes if you're going to deliver something that has a, a lot of deeper meaning or it takes a lot of, that could take people a lifetime to be able to do or experience. So rather than say, okay, we can do this and you only have to do step A, step B and step C and you'll do it this afternoon. Because it's possible, but for a lot of people, probably not. So it's kind of like, I just wanted to plant seeds so that people could internalize. And if it really resonated with them, they would explore it and then experience it for themselves or not. But I didn't want to be one of those people that just started saying exactly what I do or what I think you can do. And then you get thousands of people go, oh, that doesn't work. That guy's a lunatic now. And then just click off and follow someone who will never even mentioned something like that. So it kind of can take people off that path too soon. And I'm, I'm aware of that. That's why I was only really giving not the whole thing because it allows people to find it for themselves. 
And then the second part of that is that, yeah, actually a lot of people were reaching out or commenting and saying that they experienced the same thing, which was really cool. Cause I thought I was sort of like, is this going to be too far? Like telling people you can't catch viruses, that's one thing. But the fact that you can clear the skies is like, is that, is that just like going too far? I didn't know. Mm -hmm. It was like a test for me to see where, how I was trying to gauge where people were at. And to my like honestly my surprise heaps of people were on board with it and i was like this is cool <laughs> i think it happens more often than not um at least in my own experience i i had some really profound experiences with praying at night and seeing what are called shooting stars or meteorites you know all these events that happen above us we're told they're they're given a name and a scientific explanation, but I was just seeing the timing of which these things were occurring and they were occurring mainly when my heart was open, like when I was in a very profoundly authentic space, like I was connecting with my higher self. And then a few years ago, I saw these gentlemen talk about how the, uh, these planes that spray the spray the chemis up there aren't actually planes. And I was like, this has to be total horse pucky. Like this can't be what they're saying can't be real. And then they kept talking about invoking angels and archangels and stuff like that to actually modify the the sky. And I was like, I had some experience with some with some yogis that had the capacity to change the weather so i was like oh, it's not too far out of of my wheelhouse i mean i'm having these like nightly experiences with with the sky and so i gave it a whirl one day and it was like it was very shocking because you know in my mind i'm i'm playing the story that this is something mechanical something mechanical can't be affected just through will like essentially willpower and yet <laughs> and yet there was a modification in the space and then i just heard from curtis stone him saying like yeah you can get rid of you know the the smog that the, these things are created just by boiling vinegar and i'm like what what is going on like i i it really it it begs the question to me like what is the cosmology of this place like what what is it that we're actually in and that's really just so you know that's the context for for the podcast for for me talking to people i respect is i really want to know your cosmology like i want to know how you see this materium, how it's playing out relative to your consciousness. Because to me, that's the whole kit and caboodle. That's why we're here. And um, I would really like to know where you're coming from with that. Yeah, well, that's probably the most exciting topic for me at the moment as well. So yeah, I'll be tuning into every one that you do, I reckon, because I'm like, what, what, how do other people see this? It's, it's, this is the most exciting thing. It's just like, I don't know how you could be bored in this world. And a lot of people are so caught up with fear and, oh, what's the Illuminati going to do next? Or is there going to be more masks and shit? It's like, who cares? Like this, that's all to just distract you from you know, like what we're doing here. So I don't know. You're going to have to, I guess, draw stuff out of me because sometimes my mind will go someplace, but you'll just, if you just draw more out, like just stop me or ask deeper questions. But okay. to start with, 
this to start with the way I see it is that we are creating this, uh, even the external reality. So for example, we're taught that there's this big bang and then there's this earth surrounded by billions of other stars and planets and stuff. And then on earth begins life and it starts in the primordial soup. And then that becomes bacteria and becomes uh, invertebrates, becomes vertebrates, becomes monkeys, becomes human beings. And then we're supposed to have evolved. Like a lot of people sort of start to see the flaws and holes in that particular narrative, right? But for me, I don't think that the earth plane here exists without us. I don't think that it's like humans can be wiped out and the earth still is as it is. And then new life comes in and be, and then we come back or something. I, and I'm not sure about this. This is just the way I see it. The way I've come to see it these days is that it's in direct relation to us. Like it is us. Mm -hmm. And if we weren't around, this earth plane wouldn't be here. So that's the way I'll kind of summarize how I see it. We can go deeper into what that means as far as consciousness becoming physical and, and what have you. But that's how I see it. I'd be interested in what you see it as well. <laughs> do you see it like that? Do you think that without us, this earth plane exists? Or do you think that it does exist as its own life form? And then we can could come and go at various times. This is a great piggyback. It's a synchro mystic moment for me because just yesterday I had the like I've had I've had two like full downloads in my system over the last four years that were like the first one was this whole thing that we're experiencing is engineered. And what I mean by engineered is not none of it's by accident like there's not a single little thing that isn't like completely and utterly meant every every single little thing has a has such an like unbelievable function to it that to a lesser mind it's like the machine elves are just running it it's just like this it's like this mechanical thing that just it's running and there is nothing that's coincidental or by chance and it was really funny when i had that experience because i was like outside i i i love making outside bathtubs because i love to like sit in my hot bathtub and look at the stars and stuff like that so i was just like i just had this experience of rain was rolling in it was like the weather was like really cold and wet but i was in this warm bathtub and it was like one of these surreal moments where it was like, you would think, I would think, oh, this is all just, you know, one love and God. And it was like, I did feel one, like, I, I don't like that term oneness. It's so ambiguous. I did feel connection, but I felt it on this level of like, I really need to mind my P's and Q's. Like, I really have to be conscious of where my mind is at. Because wherever my mind goes, the world goes. So I had. Did you have your aviation like, headset on and Top Gun playing while you were coming <laughs> to that realization? I always have Kenny Loggins just pumping in the background. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so there, there was that moment, and then uh, when the quote-unquote COVID thing hit, I, I got something, but the way I experienced it was my heart completely opened. So I, I was in fever symptoms for a few days and I 
I tripped balls. Like I was just like, <laughs> like I had this great metaphysical experience and like, you know, physical, physical experience. And it was like, it was intense. Like there was a lot of pain and, and writhing and stuff, but I've done enough medicine ceremonies to be like, so what? And while I was in it, what I felt was all the samskaras on my, on my heart chakra were just like, just being just torn off. And I was like, it made sense to me why a lot of people were having heart problems, because if somebody went into that situation with fear, they would think that they were having a heart attack, you know? And what it felt like was there was this wave of energy that was moving through and each body transduced it in a different way. And the, and the myth makers, the, the narrative writers, they tried to piggyback it and say it was such and such. And, um, I, I don't think, I, I mean, I'm not in, I don't know enough about the way biology is described to say that it was one thing or another, but the way I felt it was from an energetic perspective. And what that was really showing me was like, there is an outside, there is something that's objectively outside of me that does influence me. And I don't know, I don't know, well, you and I are just getting to know each other, but I spent six years in a Vedanta Advaita ashram when I was in my 20s. Like I really went the route of uh, the path of non-duality and like really looking at one's consciousness from that lens. And um, I could see the pitfalls that a lot of people in that in that vein get when they think that their view of things is the only view. So what I've been trying to marry in my, in my life the last 15 years is like, okay, I know that I actually have, I am the fourth wall. Everything that I experience is in front of me. I know that there's a great deal of what of what I can engineer with my consciousness and my willpower. And at the same time, there are other beings. Like I'm not going to be somebody like I came across a lot of gurus and a lot of people, like people that were full of shit that would say that all there is, is me. And I'm like, well, I'm not you. Like, so what you're saying, the sentience that I am is just a part of your mind. And what happens when your mind isn't there that I'm not here? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm, I'm still investigating that aspect of it is like, okay, I, it would appear that I have a tremendous amount of influence <laughs> in, in my creation or, or I should say, <clears throat> I have a lot of influence in the creation and, um, but I act, I don't feel like it's, it's a, I believe that there's an objective reality outside of my consciousness. I don't believe my, yeah, she had one. I don't, I don't believe my consciousness is the source of, of everything. And that's, that was a huge, and I actually have a trigger in me because I've been around sociopaths and psychopaths that think that. So, and a lot of narcissists that are going in that direction. 
So when people yeah. start, when in especially in the new age world, because I build a lot of temples and things like that for for people, and, or have I have done that, and they they go down this solipsistic road that I try and avoid. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's that's not true. Like I look at my daughter, and I'm not going to say my daughter is a projection of my consciousness. My observation of my daughter is a projection of my consciousness, but she is sentient. She has her own sentience. And my wife and I, we get into these philosophical, like total, like deep dives about this because it's so, so important to really suss that out. So if I was to boil it down, I know my subjective experience, I have complete and utter responsibility for. Like that's my, that's my thing. My subjective experience is mine. My, uh, from an objective perspective, that would be like the public <laughs> aspect of my consciousness. There is a, it's a shared, it's a shared experience, even though it seems like I have great influence on it. Totally, man. It's a, what you just said so much there, it's, there's, First of all, just to backtrack quickly, the you know you got something at the start of the the COVID thing. It's like that in itself. If we just went down that road about the expression and the resonance and all that, that's a whole podcast basically to explain mm -hmm. what that is and why and everything. And then it's interesting how you said that this whole new age thing because there is that element of where people corrupt what that idea really is. And then they just become God. Like, it's like, well, I, I'm, I'm the everything in that. And it's like, it is very narcissistic and, and psychopathic. And that's why like this, the spiritual people, the people who talk about all that sort of stuff, very, it's in front of them. It's really dangerous. Like I can't stand those people. The most spiritual people I know are people like you and, and Owen too, actually, because he's like, just people who don't try to be it. But when you listen to them speak, they're expressing a depth of understanding or understanding of something that is beyond mm -hmm. uh, most people. And that to me is like where I find like the most spiritual people I've ever met are like bus drivers, factory workers. They just got this other thing going on, but they don't speak about it. It's not in front of them. So therefore they don't wear white robes and speak with a certain tone, Topher, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like, or like eat, eat a certain way. It's like, it's nothing to do with an externalization. It's all an internal thing. And those people I find are the most, uh, it's like all these paradoxical ways to, to look at things. But I really agree as well, though. I think that there is the objective and the subjective element and they're very different from each other. And we do have like a shared reality. The way that I usually, I kind of change how I explain things, but my current analogy is that this whole this, this whole realm, I think, including us, is like a symphony. It's like, like you said, it's orchestrated. There's no drop of water out of place, no note out of place. Like, that's fucking way out of tune, you know? Like, everything's totally in tune. Mm -hmm. And so the way I come to see that, including the way the sky clock has its effect, I don't know if you ever saw, just quickly as an aside, there was a video that I think Owen shared, it, someone did, and it, it was this disc that was turning relatively slowly and it had all these different little markers on it and it literally looked like stars in the sky and as it turned it was playing music because all those little things like on a record mm -hmm. like an old vinyl it yeah. wasn't spinning it's reading those indentations and creating or recreating or representing the music 
And I was like, that's what the sky clock pretty much is. It's this symphony and we're part of it. And so the way I explain things at the moment is that we are all a musical note. We're not the music, but we're all a musical note and expression of. So I might be an A, you might be an F sharp. It might be like, we might be a fourth or a fifth, a perfect fourth or fifth together and we resonate, right? But somebody who's a minor second compared to us is kind of like, I don't resonate with you. You know, it's like those two, they're disharmonic as opposed to the harmonics. But we can't necessarily, I don't think, become a different note. I think we are what we are. Like if I'm an A, I'm an A. But as the note value, there are always several upper harmonics and then there are several lower harmonics from the same note value. And I think that's what we have. We all have this, it's like a potentiality and a lot of people are expressing the lower uh, harmonics of the note value that they are as opposed to the potentiality because there's all this electrical stuff right potentials mm -hmm. and charge and then the potentiality is that we can reach these upper uh, harmonics and that's the difference between somebody opening their heart and somebody having a heart attack like i like the way you put that before mm -hmm. so the as the as the uh, other part of the symphony interacts with that a note does that a go to its lower harmonic values or the upper harmonic values same uh same music coming in or same symphony but what's being expressed and it's like the more you're into that symphony the more you are in tune and that's when things are just you get all these visions and you 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 get to understand life it's not you don't have the fear but when you're in dis uh disheart like you're not in resonance and you're disharmonic you're like expressing all the junk everything's shit nothing works out uh, you get sick all the time. It's just, that's, I just can't, I can't really explain further than this idea though, that it's not, we don't, I don't change from an A to an F, for example, or a G or some other note. I just think we have our note value in astrology. You'd probably look at it in a specific way as well. Like you have your chart and it's kind of like you're a certain way you're, you're a certain element or you you're ruled by certain, um, you know, luminaries and they don't really change. Like you don't change from a cancer to a Leo or something, you know? So it's kind of like you have this resonance that you come in with and you express different values of that or different note values. So, yeah, I just think, um, I don't know why I started talking about that, but that was just my analogy as far as <laughs> what, how I see this as like this upper, the potentialities that we have and therefore what we express. But I guess the other part of that, just to wrap that, now I remember why, is that this is a symphony. Like we don't exist as just an A and it's it's not in harmony or tune with everything else. Like it's because of everything else. Like the actual song, the universe, that doesn't, that's not a song without all the note values that come into resonance with mm -hmm. each other. It's not, you don't just hear an A or a G. Like that's that whole individualization thing that I think people fall into that trap. But at the same time, we do have our individualization, which is the note. But then we have the other shared reality, which well, the way you explain it would be that objective reality, which is that we co-create this universe because of our individual note values. So does that make sense? Because it's kind of a new analogy I've got. I don't know if it comes across in a coherent way. <laughs> it, it makes total sense. And I, I've long said, and I really feel this is true, is that the most sought after commodity that there is, is human attention. So in all the different manipulations and marketing tactics and all the different things that are thrust upon 
the human race. It's all to get our attention going in a, a direction. And I, I had a really, <laughs> I had a, I had some really cool professors in university. Like they were, they were all, I went to a university that was, uh, had the most international professors out of any university in the United States. And so I got to listen to like, you know, German, Argentinian, Chinese, like all these different like professors in economics talk to us. And it was very obvious that one of them said, the, the Argentinian professor once said, it was in a great class. It was the history of U.S. and foreign economic policy. So it was just like, it sounds like a shit title to a course, but the guy like laid it all out there for like, you know, false flags and all the rest of it. But anyway, he said, wars are there to change people's minds. And I was like, you know, as a 19 year old, that was profound to hear that, you know, because I'm thinking bombs, you know, asset relocation, all that stuff. He's like, he's like, really all war, war is there to change, change a population's mind. And so that's really started to get me on this path of like, you know, everything that's out there is vying for my attention or it's trying to push people's attention in a certain, in a certain direction. So obviously our attention is the most valuable commodity. Like that has to be the truth because out of all the things that you see going on in the, in the social sphere, if you really look at it, it's all to drive attention. That's what it's trying to do. So therefore, human attention has to be the most valuable thing in existence. From from my perspective, I could be wrong. And so in like, no, I agree. And like really like contemplating that and internalizing, it's like, okay, my attention, my attention is the most valuable thing that there that I have. Like literally, it is the most valuable thing that I have, and so then it, <laughs> then all the the philosophical things about time come right because your attention leads to how you perceive time and like how much time you have to do things and like, am I going to give time to things that I don't like? Because giving time is giving attention. Like, am I going to feed something? Because it's obvious, my attention, my time is the most valuable thing that is it there is nothing more valuable what, what does that actually say about this realm of existence like this realm of existence is is a time based it's a temporal based reality it is an attention based reality and i was just watching uh i was watching house of the dragon i kind of I, I i i like that 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 whole genre of of uh of i guess you'd call it uh film or whatever it is series and i was like i really wonder if they move the sky clock if the sky clock like you were saying actually moves like if the myth makers pre-feed our attention with like these shows like you know house of the dragon or all these medieval shows and that our attention actually shifts <laughs> like just for just for a, a real um i guess you would say like a rudimentary way of looking at it, shifts the sky clock of the sun and moon to a part of the of the domain that actually where hey it is medieval times it is that 
aspect of consciousness playing out. And, you know, if you get like a certain, if you get 51% of the people to like follow something, that's what actually then like shifts the, the diurnal clock in a certain direction. I don't know. I was just having this, like, if our attention really is the primary driver, that would make sense that gubernamente, like, you know, the govern the governing of the mind, the movement of the mind would make, would always be trying to drive the attention in the direction that would best suit those people that are driving the attention. Wow. Well, my head is literally just filling up with gravy at the moment. I'll just, I'll try to spit a few things out that just come in as you say that. One is I've always thought that the weather and actually the sun is to do with us. But I did think that the luminaries, the wandering stars uh, are not, of our creation like that uh but now that you're saying that i'm like that could very well be the case and i'll just quickly explain why like what came to me is you were saying how attention is the most valuable currency and that's why there's so much effort put into it and i'm like yeah 100 on board with that but what i'm thinking is like the one of the reasons say the internet and social media is very powerful and the way that it can be censored the way that it is. And like you said, you before we started, you're like, do you ever have issues with the internet? And you were saying how like with connections, it can be that once a certain level of consciousness is reached or is being like uh, as reaching a potential, it, it can crap it out. And those that create, you know, the maximum of law, what you create, you own. Yes. So if you create the, physical structure even if it's etheric like the internet is a is a an etheric structure but it's also a physical structure like just call it for a broad perspective the structure so you create the vessel and that's like an electrical wire then through that electrical wire flows the electricity the ionic charge the potential or whatever you want to call that so while people are paying attention through that you can then siphon that because you own the framework you own the infrastructure through which people are, are putting their attention. And then if they don't like what it is, they can cut it off. But mostly what they would be doing is siphoning that because, you know, I talk about energy harvesting. Yeah. So that's a way that it's like, cool, they want people looking at the phone and, and the computer. They want people listening to podcasts. They want people looking at asses shaking on Instagram and all that sort of stuff. Like they want that. And the attention is the currency, but that's because like the current in the sea, you can divert the currents, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, it, it it could very well be that the entire structure is based on what is fed into the computer as the program. And then we express it, us being the most powerful creative, like we create life, but that's man and woman create life, action potential, positive minus, mm -hmm. you know, masculine feminine creates life. And so I was thinking as well, I'm like, yeah, people who are very heavily programmed and always in it are creating directly where they want that energy to go. But as far as attention, if I'm not aware of, say, the Kardashians or Yay or anything like that, if I'm not even aware of it, I'm not feeding that. However, all of us that grew up in this world have had certain ideas implanted, whether it's consciously, unconsciously, or even if we're picking up on signals in the ether because we are directly connected on a consciousness level to somebody else that's thinking of something like that. So we can pick up on the collective consciousness and on very, very deeply unconscious levels, we are still expressing 
the same reality, just not as direct. Like somebody who's always engaged in their phone is going to be very directly creating the matrix of this particular structure, but it's based on creating the structure and then feeding and directing where that attention goes. And then I'm thinking as you're talking as well, I'm going attention. I'm just going like attention, tension. Like, is it the same as tension? Because imagine that, so this phone, right? If I have a, oh, that's going to make a horrible noise. Hang on. Just for those that are watching the video and not listening to the, if this phone is within this holder, I can move the phone because there's tension between the two. Like there's a tension that mm -hmm. runs through first it's electrical and it's muscular, then it's physical in this. And I can move that phone without this. If there's no tension between me and the phone, I can't move it. I mean, there is telekinesis where once you develop that, you tap into it. I know that people can move objects. I can't. <laughs> so I don't have enough tension between me and that to move it. So isn't that weird that I know it's spelled different, but phonetically it's the same, our tension. If you have tension between something because of the art tension, you can move it. Right. Therefore, you can move the weather. You can move, you can move where people's consciousness is because of the art tension. If you have tension between it, you can move it. If you don't have the tension, like it's not moving. Mm -hmm. You know, it's only the, the tension that moves it. And then you have the intention. So you have the art tension, but then you have the intention, the internal tension where the to expand that analogy that guy living on an island that's never heard of yay or like the illuminati or COVID or anything he doesn't have attention with it so therefore it's not moving him and he's not moving it uh unless of course collectively he's tapping into that somehow there is a level of tension it's just not as high so it's not moving as much so i'm just what do you think about those words attention intention is that kind of where you're going with how we do affect each other or create this physical reality, this objective shared reality, and also the weather, the sun, maybe like, are we moving the sun instead of so, you know what I mean? like, that's what you put, put forward. <laughs> so life, life is specific. And I hate to use terms like generalities, like we, because we're all wired very specifically differently. So, for, so I haven't had a chance to look at your chart, but, to give you an example for me, like the way the luminaries were when I was conceived and then again, when I was born, they have, I'm wired to be what's known as sympathetic. Another way of saying that is um, I'm an empath around people. I feel what they feel more so in most instances, I'm feeling what, what they are not willing to feel. Because the way um, the way feelings or energy in motion work, emotion works, it's just like water. It's always going to the lowest point and flowing to the ocean. And that's the way uh, it works. Like if you have an empath that is around a bunch of people that are buffering their feelings and through whatever through whatever they got going on, they can't feel what they feel. I feel what they feel. And so the, that's what an empath is. Em empathic people are consistently in sympathy. So it's called sympathetic resonance. If, if you haven't looked into it yet, I think you'd really get a kick out of it. Uh, oh, no, I'm 100%. I'm very familiar with it, yeah. Yeah, sympathetic vibratory physics. Um, so mm. when you're in sympathy, 
it's it has the makings like in my younger life i had the makings of being a codependent just because whenever i would feel the <laughs> just the utter pain the for lack of a better term pain is the main thing that that most people weren't willing to feel in themselves either i would like become a recluse so i could just be in my own field and that's part of the reason why i moved to costa rica and lived on a mountain for you know 11 years like with like never having to see anybody unless i wanted to was because i didn't know that about myself like i i knew i was sensitive like that was the only term in western terminology that was being used but i'm wired that way i look at a lot of people's charts where they're not wired that way <laughs> they're wired the opposite they're they're wired to be like a, a russian nuclear icebreaker <laughs> like and they won't ever that like they're that part of the orchestra that is probably playing the bass drum or whatever like their signal is just gonna move through it's just gonna push all the other signals out of the way and then there's everything in between you know like there's there's like this creation i have so much reverence for it because it is so refined it is so magnificently tuned like god the orchestrator the architect whatever you want to call that which is so much greater than we can you know say has given each one of us this like this very specific toolkit you know and like part of the reason why I really like couldn't stand the uh, the new age movement was because people talked about oneness and how we're all one. And that like totally negates the uniqueness that I really find in people. And like, and also it actually takes away the, the, as the opportunity for somebody to come into full acceptance of themselves. Because if you're really honest about who you are, <laughs> you're very fucking different than almost everybody that you meet. So, you know, so many people are like, oh, we should be looking at our similarities more so than our differences. And I'm like, no, we should be enjoying each other's differences. We should really be like understanding and saying like, no, I really enjoy you because of you're this 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 and this and like i really enjoy this like you know so i know i'm getting off on a tangent with that but the the way this whole thing is constructed i had this feeling when i was a little kid that god doesn't waste anything and there's no such thing as repeats <laughs> like if, if you're god what would be the point of a repeat you know, when I heard from the Christian cosmology is like, oh, it's all been written. I love when uh, Owen does the whole like, you know, he, he does the, the Gregorian chanting, you know, like, how dare you? Like, like I had these 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 pastors or preachers saying, oh, yeah, the, the, the life story has been written and it's it's all it's all been done. And I even as a little kid, I was like. I would watch a rerun on TV and I was like, who the, f like, no, if I'm the almighty, <laughs> why would I have a rerun? Like, what would be the point of a rerun? You know? So taking that to, 
you know, as a 46 year old man, I still have that same feeling. I was like, no, this is like, this is all imminently important. It's imminently unique. You know, history probably rhymes. It doesn't repeat itself. There's probably, you know, just like music, you know, you have the, the bass, you have the, the beat that keeps the story going, but it's this thing that we're in is this like hyper interactive, totally. Have you seen the movie, the nines? Ah. Oh, dude, I think you'd really like it. It's, it's sort of a B movie. It's from Ryan Reynolds. And essentially he's, he's himself in three, he's in the same timeline as three different people, but he's what's known as a nine. And the nines have the, have the capacity to control their environment. And nines are very, very rare. Eights are, uh, they don't have as much capacity and they might get to know that they have some capacity at the end of their life. And sevens are like the majority of people. And then you have the subs underneath that, but the nines are like the ones that like, they, they run shit. Um, and I think that this, this whole thing that we're talking about with attention is I don't think many people really understand how important their attention is. Like if they did, they would become a nine. They would start to understand that their attention does actually modify the sun. Their attention does change the shade of the moon. Their attention does act, you know, play with the clouds. Because all we're doing, like when we see this orb that's emitting light and heat in the sky, we call it the sun. We're having an experience of light and heat and whatever internal emotional things going on. But the, the words that we're calling it are not that. So when we actually like, you know, connect with our creator and like we, we become that axis mundi, we are the axis of, of our experience, our subjective experience. And here's another thing, and you, I would love to ask you this. I just recently, like in the last few years, started to really understand, like most people don't have the experience that I have. Like we could be standing right next to each other, looking at the same thing and we're not seeing or hearing or experiencing the same thing. And that was kind of shocking to me. Like in, in your world, when you're hanging out with your bros, like with the people that you're even like the people you're close with, how often do you think you're actually experiencing the same thing? Is that the question? Yeah. So I know a hundred percent that some people are experiencing the same thing and others are experiencing something totally different. And it's the resonance of the people you're around. Like, are you around a seven or a, an NPC or whatever? They're not experiencing anything right. close to what it is, but somebody who's on a similar wavelength, similar resonance, very much a similar thing. And what's funny is that I used to ask that question when I was like four or five years old. I'd be looking outside at the environment and I, cause I used to get complexes when I was young. I was very sensitive and very like everything when I was young as well. And uh, I would often keep myself up all night as a little kid 
trying to figure out life or like I, I give myself like it was a bit retarded like I gave myself a lot of complexes about things like what if my heart's what if I forget to beat my heart or I stop breathing so I'd stay up all night in case my heart stopped and I'd think about black holes because you know again it's like how young were some of these ideas of space or something implanted in us so at age five or something I'm like what would happen if I flew into a black hole as if I would ever even be out there in the first place, but I'd, I'd stay up thinking about how I could transcend a black hole and come out or whatever. And, uh, and but one of the things that would give me a complex is like, am I seeing the same thing as my mum? And I would ask her all the time. I'm like, how do you know we're seeing the same thing? Like, and I would try to describe, are you seeing it like this? And I, I would imagine these, all these other alternate realities that she could be seeing. Is it as, sharp or is it a bit blurry are the colors the same or is there no color is it the same thing is there a different depth to it is there a different like framing of it like using two different cameras and two different lenses like are the colors different is the sharpness different is the frame different like how do i know it's the same and i couldn't get my head around it and i get a complex over it and uh so i guess to answer your question i've thought about it since i was young and now my conclusion that's not a conclusion it's just my current understanding of it is that it depends on the resonance, like two A note values or two Cancer, Leo, Aquarius, whatever in your system we're looking at it would see, I think the same, but potentially not even. But I know for a fact that it's a lot closer to being the same than two completely different charts or two completely different resonant uh, note values to each other. You would experience it not even close to being the same. It's like, it's weird, but that's how I currently see it and again that could change in a year but that's how i currently see it yeah i think that's part of the the role that plant medicines have had with me is i've had experiences where i thought i was having a subjective private hallucination and then i look over <laughs> at my mate and like he he's looking at the same blue being in the in the tree and we're like oh shit, we're seeing the same thing. Like this is like, and we're having the same internal experience because the medicine had put us in that wavelength. You know, like we are in that zone of whatever the alchemy of that medicine had done to us where like we're actually having a shared experience. And I could see the, I could see the allure that a lot of people, depending on their, their constellation of their system, the only time they don't feel alone is when they're having these like tribal medicine experiences because they're they are sharing a vibration that uh, that allows them to to internalize their external environment well most people are really disconnected the whole time they don't feel a connection to the divine or to life and they're, so they're constantly searching for shit like a way to feel connected to something to people to ideals to virtue to you know that's why people wear 15 masks it's like i'm connecting to a reason or a value hmm. uh which is completely not at odds with reality for example but it's their way and i think that's why you know you call it in tune like if we watch the same movie or listen to the same song like we're listening to tool we're tuned into that whereas other people might be hearing vivaldi's fucking whatever you know, it's like, it's like you, we just tune into these different things and that's how we can share a reality where we feel the same, express the same because of the tune, what we're tuning into. But, you know, somebody right next to us can be in a completely different one. And it's interesting too that 
when it's put into you. So that's why the medicine that you described, because I heard you, I think you were talking about that with Owen, where you were both seeing the same blue beings. And I was like, yeah, that's, it's got to be because of the input, the input of information being expressed. And, and there's a shared, there's this shared reality of, or a shared creation of, or a shared witnessing of that blue being that you guys saw. And it's why, like, I realized not long ago that when people do meditations that aren't new agey ones, they're, they're good ones. They'll usually start with a certain, they might play like a gong or a, like just one ting, like one note that they'll mm -hmm. hit to get, because if you just say, okay, imagine a mute, like think in your mind or feel a musical note, what's to say those aren't all different and therefore disharmonic. But if you play one note, everyone hears and tunes in too. Now everybody's synced. Uh, consciously to the same everybody hears and feels the same one well in theory <laughs> so therefore they're all in sync for a group prayer or meditation but if you say imagine a triangle being hit we could all be off by mm -hmm. any number of note values and therefore that collective prayer that collective intention is not going to be as powerful because we're not actually in tune or synchronized with each other so that's another element to that that i think is pretty uh pretty powerful that makes me I'm 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 geeking hard. Have you seen the work of Tanya Harris? No, nah, no. Nah. She she's an I always feel like an idiot because everybody goes, Have you read this book or have you seen that? Or do you know this person? I'm always like, no, nah, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> she's a she's an artist. Uh she's actually, I guess I don't know what she would liken herself to be. She's she, I guess we'll just for lack of she's just a she's an artist that figured out how to how she figured out how to find the base resonant frequencies of structures and she learned it um she was given the the tech by she was in a medicine um i guess she was in a maloka in peru and she was like under the under the influence of ayahuasca and she was seeing the cymatic patterns of vibration and she just got the full download of like how to actually measure that and tune tune for it and you'll get a kick out of this i'm 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 really simplifying what she, simplifying what she does but she essentially she takes she'll record an empty structure i believe seven times and then she'll play back the emptiness to the empty structure and then the structure will start to resonate it will start to vibrate and then you can measure what that vibration is and come up with the base the base resonant pattern of that and when you play that i love this this is so cool <laughs> and when you play that and you put it to a cymatic like a cymatic express expression she was finding that she was doing this in cathedrals, that the cymatic expression that she was getting was equal to the rose window that was in the cathedral. Because you know how all the rose windows all have their, their different geometry. Yeah. Yeah. And so that blew me away because I was, I was brought into dome making because my guides were telling me that the domes were like eggs and that that brings water that structures water that brings water and i got in a, in a moment where i was very frustrated and very low with the whole thing because i was 
I was in the beginning of my career with it and I was getting my ass kicked and I was like, you know, one of these crying to God moments, like why? It was just like, the domes bring water, we need water. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead with this, but the the cymatic pattern this the coming up because when you said you know if we just imagine hitting a triangle we could all be at different points because I don't know what you hear internally, I don't know what that frequency is. I'm coming to find especially building for people most people can't see in their mind's eye, which blows me away, like. I, I can see something com with complete detail in my mind. And there's like the majority of people can't, which is like, it's amazing having to deal with clients and like, I'll describe something and they'll be like, I need to see it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Can't you see it through the description? <laughs> <laughs> but so to, to have the capacity to to tune where we we do have something in our environment, whether it's a music or it's a medicine or it's a food, it's a culture, something that brings us into a resonant pattern with each other so we could relate, that that makes a lot of sense to me. To at least have like one like thing to lean against that we share. <laughs> You know, that that would definitely be a benefit um, in you and your life, like with where you're at in. Are you in northern or southern Australia? Oh, there's not really. A, oh, no, sorry. There is northern or southern. Yeah, I'm in the middle. Like I'm in the on the east coast, right in the middle. That's the Gold Coast. That's like the really cool part, right? Yeah, I'm in near Byron Bay, which yeah. is an hour south of Gold Coast. Yeah. So with the whole thing that you guys have done, like, I mean, I only know your online personality, but like with, with your surroundings that you have with all the, the, the shenanigans that are going on with, let's just say those that would, that, that are trying to have agency over you, how is your own personal life or how should I say this private life been going with, with factoring in all these like, uh, obtrusive well i don't i I don't, I don't even want to project that onto you has the has the government aspect of your life have they had any sway or influence given your state of consciousness no exactly like honestly every the the last three years every day is just getting better and better it's been the best three years of my entire existence here and it just it's literally like and this is the thing this is why i say to people it's like they think the government's going to come and get them it's like but the new world order and i'm like it's always been there it's never stopped and it's never gonna stop but that's only in that resonance that you're in right there's always going to be another war there's always going to be another virus or fucking something that's flying around that can kill you according to the narrative and things just split and people, some people stay in that and other people, once they release themselves from it, they're like, oh, wait, there's nothing that can kill you. There's no viruses, whether that's, you know, a signal coming at you or asteroids or, you know, the, the military, it just doesn't matter. It's not, it's not even the same thing. There's going to be no financial collapse issue, no supply chain issue, nothing for people. And that someone, if you say that to them and they are in that, residents of the government the mind can, they cannot you sound like a lunatic saying that 
but they can actually see you living without fear and that but they still can't compute it and that's how you can live these two completely different realities uh or external expressions and you, you're looking you're standing next to each other but you're saying totally not only seeing totally different worlds but experiencing you are in a completely different world one is this world of the living and this other is this world of the lost souls but they could look identical to someone who can't tell the difference between colors for example they're like colorblind it's, it's or, or they're tone deaf it's like they can't experience those those differences in in um in resonance and frequency so uh that's yeah on it like it's not it's not even it's a joke how good life is. And sometimes I almost feel bad about saying it because I know how shit some people's life has gotten over the last few years. But it's like, guys, it's a choice. It's like, when I say I almost feel bad, I absolutely do not feel bad. <laughs> but I just know, it, I, I feel great about it, I should say. And it, it's just, I can, but I know because I'm an empath as well, I know how somebody can feel as a result of hearing that but also knowing that that's their choice and that's their experience i can respect their path because that is that path of you know it needs to be felt by someone and it's like you do that that's your part of this collective orchestration you're playing the brown noise <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know? yeah you're like that's got to be in there too like every frequency spectrum has to be in there at some point so good on you it's like but it's my life's just been amazing since like it's not without challenges obviously i don't think we we live without challenges but those challenges are mine they're like what have i not cleaned out in myself and therefore i'm experiencing that particular kind of challenge for example i don't have an office yet i'm like why i put so much effort in i can i'm not asking anyone for money to pay for it i can pay for it myself i'm like why is an office not coming to me like a place i can set my podcast and my cameras and my uh, have a workshop area it's just not coming. And I'm like, something's blocking it. Either, you know, that there's something in that matrix that doesn't want that particular level of consciousness being put into the ley lines around here, or I'm just not at that ability myself yet. So I'm blocking myself. But I'm, I'm aware of like looking to explore what that is as opposed to just going, oh, the world's shit, this area is shit. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's not happening. Yeah, you know, the expression, it doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. And that's what I just think all those people that are suffering, like I don't think they realize suffering is a choice. It's like my analogy, because I guess we'll talk about water today as well, but I love the analogy of where you can be standing in the clearest of streams and dying at thirst. Right. That's why it's almost funny when I see people suffering. I'm like, bro, just you're in the water, just drink it. And they're like, oh, I'm so thirsty. And I'm like, you're standing in a stream. <laughs> just, just tap into the stream. It's like life's always there for you even in those darkest of hours, it's like, it's there. You've just disconnected from it. And it's like, just, it's there. Have yeah. you ever, have you ever had a death experience? Yeah. Um, I have, and I've had a couple of out of body ones as well. Uh, and where my body's complete, I'm conscious, but my body's completely paralyzed and I've left. And, uh, uh, and I've had near death ones as well, where I've almost drowned and, huh. and come to the surface and being like, Oh, I'm actually not dead. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I've had, I've had a few. Yeah. There's a, there's a similarity between all of us that have had a death experience or a near death experience where I think, I think part of the, the life path was to actually come back and like tell people like, Hey, 
<laughs> existence is great. Like you could have like you can have what you want on this plane of inertia. Like you can, you can. Like, do you want misery? Because that's another thing. Like, you've done massage before, right? Like, I know mm. I, I've heard you say that. So you and I share that the like the it took me a long time to understand that people wanted to be miserable like and then also like to the nth degree like people wanted to die like people were waiting to die like when i would like tune in and i'd be like when i before i knew how to ground out all the <laughs> what it was i was experiencing i was like oh my goodness like what is this what am i what and and it would be like people I consistently would work on. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Like, and I would just verbalize it. And like to, to know that, like, my goodness, there are a lot of people that just want to check out. Like they're, for whatever reason, they just not, they don't know that they're standing in that stream of life. You know, they just, they've, whatever trauma, whatever constellation they're in, they're just like not, getting that they're always provided for like always in all ways like always and uh there just seems to be the similar vein between us and ears <laughs> that kind of just yeah. know that just kind of know that like just kind of have that as as part of our you know main operating system it's yeah i it's i think mine came from trauma though so it's like i was lost you know uh, but I was just thinking back too about when you're talking about the vibratory nature of that woman who came up with recording what technically, because there's always something emanating just because our ears don't hear it doesn't mean that it's not there at a different kilohertz, uh, mm -hmm. you know, spectrum that we can't hear, for example. And that to my understanding is how you can move large objects, like for example, build pyramids or whatever, but also like, okay, this is why, we'll probably do another one where we talk about astrology. Maybe we'll, you can do my chart and just, we can show people what that looks like. Cause I've had that experience recently and it's quite profound because up until I had that, I thought astrology, I called it astrology as in us. Like, you know, it's like shit. Yeah. Astrology. And, um, but then I came across a Vedic astrologist and she's young. She's like 26 or 27 or something, but she's, I have this thing where when I come across someone I can see into their lineage, not like, are you Italian or French? It's like kind of where they've come from. And, and I can always pick up when someone's like an alien or something, you know, it's like, mm. she's different. She's clearly like way different from other people. Like it's just this, this resonance, right? So even though she's young, she carries this like innate, like understanding of this and is obviously gravitates towards and studies it, but in some way is connected to it just so she has insights into, a, for example, a chart that somebody else reading a chart wouldn't have, for example. Mm -hmm. And so she's a Vedic astrologist and she explained to me how the Western versus the Vedic, they're off by a certain number of degrees. Like I'm not actually a Leo. No, you're not. And the West, the Western version is the ego. And my ego is definitely a Leo. But my my resonance, my base is actually a cancer. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I'm a water sign? I thought I was fire because I'm so like, I am very, I like burning things and setting fire to things and burning them down. Like I have a lot of anger. I have a lot of that. But it's like, oh no, my 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 sensitive, actual, what I've come here from the stars is water. And I'm like, fuck, this is all 
and she's doing my chart and it's blowing me away. Like mm -hmm. I'm literally just going, holy shit, I've written this stuff off because my experience of it was, you know, horoscopes. And I'm just like, Terrible. oh man, anything you put in there applies to anyone at any particular point in time. This is all bullshit. And the way people just use it to just be so, it just justifies all of their lowest behavior. Like, oh, I don't have to do anything today because the moon's in Taurus and therefore that's why I'm fucking useless. And, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no that, that, that's a choice. You stayed up till 3am like reading or watching crap no nutritional like it's just you, you suck that's why your life is like this it's not because of the moons over there and stuff so that was my uh impression of it because of what people would say i don't listen to what people talk about i listen to i feel what they're expressing and most of the time they're expressing complete bullshit mm -hmm. same with plant medicine like my experience of plant medicine was what i experienced from those putting it to me and i'm like these signals are all fucked up you, in all honesty, are the only guy I've ever heard, including Indigenous people, speak about plant medicine in a way that I'm like, I'm interested in this now because the the frequency that's coming at me, there's it's not bullshit. Whereas most people are like, oh, bro, this is like, you see stuff and it's like, I know that we're all one now. And I'm like, no, because you're acting the same as you did before you did it. You're just now trying to, there's like this... Uh, overlay there's like this we can talk about grids like this as well but there's this overlay that's now there but it's like it's not nothing's changed it's just and it's just i'm oh, sorry not you're not the only one sorry there is an indigenous elder guy that has but i'm like i'm not you so i don't i don't relate to an indigenous elder but you've said some things that i've listened to you talk about with owen or in other podcasts i've heard you and i'm like oh no that's there's something there that i'm really interested in now and the astrology is one of those things that now I am interested in. And the other thing this girl said is that she can figure out my note. There's a note value. There's like, it can, can come down to a tone and then we could, which we're going to do, except she's a typical one of those people. It's like goes, can't, no replies for like months. And then she's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Sorry. I'm like, where the fuck were you? You know, It's like, mm -hmm. this goes off. But at some point we'll figure out what that tone is. And then we can recreate the tone and as you were saying you know this lady's playing back these mm -hmm. recorded things to the i think if you can have your own tone played to you something's going to happen like something beyond what i get from just meditation or observing and witnessing uh the sun and all that sort of stuff it'll be not the only thing it's not like oh this will make me superhuman but i think it's going to be like that's going to be a piece of the puzzle to have your resonance your tone measured mapped and played back to you i just i'm really looking forward to seeing or feeling what will happen when that occurs i think it'll be monumental i have to say with ayahuasca ayahuasca plays your ego back to you so that would be like hearing yourself and you hear yourself in high def <laughs> so it's like you know you have Essentially, you have three times the auditory acuity and, and four times the vis visual acuity. So it's what you're seeing and hearing is incredible. But I I can't sing in normal life. At least I don't think I don't feel like I can. But under the influence of that, I could sing perfectly because I could hear myself. So I could actually hear my own being. And with peyote they call you know they call ayahuasca the grandmother and peyote is the grandfather the grandfather is listening to your own silence 
that's more of like Tanya Harris's work where you're listening to your baseline frequency preconditioning. And so that's where silence is the best teacher is like silence is, yeah. is, is you prior to any inputs from, from the world. And so the two, is that why, sorry, is that why? Cause I heard you talk to Owen about uh, the dude, one, one guy put a rod through his hand and another put a chainsaw into his foot. And you said they mega dosed on, was, was it the peyote? Peyote. Mm -hmm. So that therefore, like if that brings you back into complete silence, and you come back to your base resonance, is that how something can just be like, oh, your hand's not meant to be like that. The base resonance of that is is health and, and healing. Right. It took the noise out of the situation. So you, you're, you're an audiophile. Yeah. So you have signal to noise ratio. So the world is the noise. Your shashumna, your connection, the axis mundi to the creator is the, your signal. And so the experience of peyote to me is what peyote does. It hits you. It starts here and it just goes. Like it, whatever noise is in your system, it, it quells it. There is no noise in your system anymore. So you, you get back to pure signal. Depending on the dose, <laughs> depending on the person you are and depending on the dose you take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it always depends on the person you are for sure. And that's why I just think like, I've just heard about it from the wrong people. That's the thing. Like, you know how you, if you hear somebody talk about, I don't know, anything like, and they just don't explain it well, or you're just like, that doesn't sound good. You've got a preconceived idea mm -hmm. of what that thing is because you just haven't heard it the right way from the right people or, or whatever. I think that's what it is. But I'm really interested in it now. I've never been. I've always been, I'm the master of my own domain. I don't want some other influence. I don't want to uh, leave my own self because then you're open to entities and other stuff. You know, like same things I want to like, we've, me and Owen, I think are quite similar in the way we see a lot of things. But uh, now I'm also, oh, because I also know you can attain that through your own sense. Like if you still yourself enough, you can also get there. Mm -hmm. But that's really difficult if you're in extreme pain. And I've noticed that too, like, I'm good at centering my breath and controlling how I operate. But if I'm in a lot of pain, I, I can't do it. I'm not advanced enough in meditation to go beyond that. It takes me, it keeps taking me out of it and I can't find the center. And that's why I think these plants and that have can have great value. But I wanted to ask you after I heard you talk about that, you said the word, the, well, the term mega dose. And I'm like, from what I've seen of people, if they, once they go up in dose, they're tripping balls, projectile vomiting, like mega dose. Are you like, are you just, what happens to somebody if they're doing that to receive that healing effect of, of a limb being completely repaired overnight? What are they experiencing? So I'm assuming they're not lucid and conscious when that's happening. Like, is that what's going on? Well, I only witnessed one of these events. And the person was in so much pain that they were vomiting anyway. You know, the he was in he was in extreme pain. So his body was already convulsing. It was like this wasn't this was like this is a last ditch ditch attempt to get right. So it's just like, you know, down the hatch, down the hatch. 
Um, I don't think I've ever super dosed anything. Like I'm so sensitive to all that stuff and I don't keep my body alkaline. So like when you do ayahuasca, the MAO inhibitor is very, very, uh, <laughs> it will, it will bust you up if you're slightly acidic, like it gets in there and like, <laughs> it just cleans you out. And so, so the DMT component when it comes in it's much more you're really getting to see your mind and then you're also getting to see the the nature spirit that's there it's a very feminine spirit so it's very talkative and loquacious it's very it's trying to it's it's trying to it matches your your context like your intention but it does it in a very feminine way like it it's a lot of noise, a lot of sound, a lot of like just pump. <laughs> it's a good way of saying it. The 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 peyote is a much much different event. That that is just like it's the, it's the difference between the rainforest and the desert. They both have their beauty. Like you go into the rainforest and you're one because you're part of the sound. You go to the desert and you're one because you're part of the silence. That's probably the best way I could put it. And that, the, that carries those tunes. Um, and the, the one time where I saw the miraculous healing with the peyote, that gentleman had been with the medicine a lot. So I don't think that he could have ever over, like you couldn't overdose with that. I've never heard of an overdose with that. So, and he, it, it was also part of his consciousness. Like he had a lot of faith in it. Like he was in writhing mm -hmm. pain and he had enough wherewithal to be like, hey, we need to get here. They have this, get me there, we're doing it. And so, um, yeah, it was incredible. It, like I, I the, I think the grace that I've experienced in my life is that all these like supernatural things I've experienced, I wasn't looking for. Like <laughs> I, I happened to know somebody that was into it <laughs> and then it just is all of a sudden there in my face. So it wasn't like I had any ego attachment to like, oh, I get to do this or I'm talking to so-and-so like, you know, it was just like, it's literally the stars are like, here, this is your frequency. So this is your location. You're next to this constellation. You're going to experience this and hopefully you learn from it. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's what it's been. It's never been me looking for this stuff ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the key differences because I know a lot of people are like, I'm going to like, extinguish my ego or find myself and I'm going to go, I'm going to book my flights to Peru and, or whatever it is, you know, I was just interested though, because when you've done, when you've done these things, have you done them with like a legit shaman who can actually make sure that bad shit isn't coming yeah. in while you're not, not there? Cause it, do you ever do it just on your own? Like, would you ever just jump in the bath under the stars and, and do it like that? Or is that not, is that kind of messing with the medicines and stuff? No, that's the best to do it alone. Yeah, right. And I would say to somebody like you, somebody that has clear and conscious domain of your existence, 
Um, my best experiences with the medicines have been alone. In fact, I was only doing so many sessions because the shaman that I knew, he knew me from body work. And he's like, dude, you're like one of the most grounded people ever. Like, can you just be the grounding rod? And so I came into medicine work, not because I was trying to get like, go on. I was there like as like a technical support for grounding out all this emotional energy that people would have leaving their body because I can see it and I can feel it. So <laughs> I don't have this like rosy picture of any of this stuff. Like I, I know the entities like I've seen. I've seen some weird shit. And just like you were saying in massage, like you talk, like, oh, I know she's an alien. I literally, the first time I massaged an alien was really fucking weird. Because. <laughs> that sounds so funny. <laughs> well, it was really funny because I was working. It was one of the first retreats I was working at in, in Costa Rica. And I was just getting to know the, the, the retreat, you know, and they had a real problematic client and so i was like they're like they called me up and they're like yeah we got this client a regular masseuse won't work on them and you know she's this that and the other i go can't scare me i'll i'll come work on her so i worked on her and like three quarters of the way through the session i like i i moved back and she's she's like writhing in like this like weird way and then all of a sudden I saw it and I was like, I saw, I saw what she was previously to being a human. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you're new here. And I literally said that out loud. I had no internal monologue. I'm like, oh, you're new here. And she's like, and she just all of a sudden just relaxed. And she was normal from then on out because finally somebody saw her and like was okay with what she was. And from that point on that, that retreat center, they booked me like, they were like my main income source from then on because, and I remember the, the woman, the owner of the retreat center, she's like, what exactly did you say, say to so-and-so? I go, well, she's a client. I can't really tell you, you know, that's, that's between her and I. And I said, and I said, in all honesty, it's probably something that you wouldn't really understand anyway. And then over the years, I became really good friends with this woman and her husband. And like <laughs> the, the world that opened up to those guys, just because they were willing to take a, take a chance on that. And like that whole thing that they saw with that woman and the shifting and the, it was just, it was really cool. But like, you can't like the, you can't have this conversation with most people. You can't say, Hey, like this might be somebody's first go in this realm like this might be their first go as a human like most people like yeah. when, they, when they hear that they're like what and then like the thing with demons like the demonic realm is a real realm the angelic realm is a real realm and so like i got really excited when jerry marzinski came on the scene with all the stuff he's been saying about schizophrenics 
because I actually had an experience with a schizophrenic guru that was demon possessed. And part of what made him such an effective spiritual teacher was because he could like actually displace his consciousness. But the problem was other things would come in. And when those other things would come in, he would be schizophrenic. Like he would literally, you would be dealing with like four different entities. And that really trained me that like trained me to be like sensitive to like, oh, there's a lot more going on in this, this thing like this, <laughs> the, the, the defects or the, the, the discordant patterns that are playing out in a lot of people, a lot of times they don't even know what's going on. Like all of us have had those friends that would get pissed drunk in university and they wouldn't remember all the shit they would do, you know? I remember everything. So that's a problem, <laughs> but like, yeah, I, son. I had friends that would just get like, they would get some spirits in them and they were literally gone. They were not there and they've never to this day ever owned up to any of the things that they've done <laughs> because in, in reality, they might not have been there. Yeah. yeah. Their body yeah, might've just been this meat suit doing its thing. And that, you know, when you're, that astrologist girl that I'm talking about, the mid twenties one, that she knows it's her first go here. It's in because she knows how to read a chart, obviously in, in her own. She knows that that's like that's part of it and stuff. But it's it's really interesting. You can you can totally pick it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the chart. It's really amazing because where I've gone to it, I I ha I've had this like sneaking suspicion for a very long time that conception and it's actually the law. I want to talk to you about this because of the law. The first couple of creditors that I that I was conscious that I was around, they kept pointing to certain things about the law to me. And then at the same time, I was having a lot of my friends were having kids and they knew they had enough consciousness, enough awareness to know exactly when they conceived their children. And so I was, I've always been, uh, well, since my mid twenties, I've always been like really into astrology, but I could always see the bullshit in it. Cause I'm like a rubber where the rubber meets the road type of thing. Like, it's just like, like you were saying, the verbiage that they were using is all from like a Coldplay song. It just makes you fuzzy and like, Oh, you know, but I was like, no, no, there's some real shit here. And then it, when the flat earth thing came through and it was like, ah, now what I was experiencing in all these ceremonies about the interactivity between me and the luminaries is really coming through. And then I had studied celestics, which is essentially being like a, a sailor where you can actually, you know, you know, what's on the plane ecliptic, you know, exactly how to gauge what's in the sky and with a planisphere and a little trigonometry, like you understand the arc, of the sky and like all these things like I because I really love observing the sky. And so I did I cast a couple of charts of my friends kids from the day that they were conceived and not from their birthday. And it's exactly what this lady is talking about. Your birthday is your ego. That's more of like your persona chart. That's the that's what the public facing side of you looks like the private side of you, you that is all signal is your conception chart. And, 
now I've been able to do it for enough people where I know it's not bullshit. Because when, at least for me, when I first have an idea or like I first have an invention, in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, am I full of shit? <laughs> am, yeah. I, am, I, am I just making this up? Like I always have that. And then, but I, I've never had enough fear in my system not to like pursue it just because I, I, I like, I like to know, like, I like, I like the investigative aspect of consciousness. And so, um, dude, some of these charts, I'm like, whoa, because the, the feedback I'm getting is like, because you can't know exactly when conception is like my wife and I know exactly when the conception of our daughter was at least the act that led to conception, but you can get, you can get like within a three day orb, which is all you need. And, um, I come to find, I was talking to another astrologer that I wanted to actually have her troubleshoot my work and she's a pretty popular astrologer. And I was like, I was telling her what I was thinking and I was like, well, first of all, I think tropical astrology is dog shit because to not connect the signs to the constellations is like, what are you doing? Like, if you're saying this is a, this is the solar arc of the plane ecliptic, the plane ecliptic is the solar arc in the sky. And you're just arbitrarily saying, Hey, this constellation is 30 degrees in the sky. That's not actually what nature is showing us. Like, Scorpio is this big. Aquarius is this big. Like that makes a difference. So to, to, to not actually use the real constellations as the, the core of what the actual, um, what the sign is to me is like, you're just disconnecting. You're going into the ego. You're going like, I want to be a Leo. Leo's want to be the fire sign. We're solar plexus. Ah, uh! but in reality, no, you are the the crab. You are the you are the one that can move laterally and super sensitive and are always you know gauging what's what's occurring around you. That is more you, dude. So many people love to stroke themselves with tropical astrology. And that's what, it, and that's what it is. It's just a self-stroking. They they they've they've cherry picked enough of the nice you know Coldplay, you know, lyrics in in their chart where they're like, I'm this. Ha, huh. no no no. When you get to the nitty gritty with with actually looking at like the what I call the pure signal, it's. <laughs> It's rough. Like I love the archetypes that are within Western astrology because I'm a I'm a white guy with Northern European roots that lives in America. So of course I'm going to I'm going to resonate more with those archetypes than say the the su Southern India, you know, um, the whole Geotish way of looking at things. But now even Geotish has been corrupted. Like the majority of Geotish that you get done now, they don't use the, all the constellations. Like when I was coming up, Geotish would use the 13 constellations. Dude, I went to this, I went to this um, beautiful building in Southern India 
where they had all like the the 13 moon divas and they had the indra with her web and everything and all like all these like statues would still line up with what was in the sky and they said that it was like a thousand years old you know which was like mind-blowing but that was based on the oh, 13 moons and the 13 the 13 uh constellations along the uh, along the plane ecliptic so i get very frustrated and grumpy <laughs> with people that kind of disconnect what nature is is telling us relative to what fits this nice little clock that they that they have and they can just do their like little degrees so, so sorry i got my soapbox there but when she did no, your, that was cool when she did your chart did she did was it a 13 sign chart or was it a 12 sign no, 13, yeah, she's well, she's very aware of uh, all, all of that sort of stuff and the corruption and the the infiltration of all of these uh, modalities or methodologies that are now, you know, just, yeah. just everything's just bastardized. But it's so funny because it's still right there. But you put the idea into somebody's head that there's no something, but it's right in front of them. They can't see it because they've now got a filter in front of them. And that's how... Like, uh, yeah, that's, I think I said it in, in our chat with Owen and Patrick, I was like, it's what infiltration is. It's like, you can infiltrate somebody's, uh, I love the way you use, cause I am an audiophile. So signal to noise ratio, it's like the signal, there's too much noise around this, the signal's lost. It's like, you just want a pure signal. And that's, uh, that's what it, it is to me is like when you infiltrate and put all these filters around, you're just adding noise. And so you can't read the actual signal. You're only reading noise. And so it's all corrupted. But uh, the, uh, the other thing that came up was when you were saying how you can't pick the exact moment of conception. I've got this theory, and it is only a theory. I'll just state at the start that while you have the positive and negative charge, which is the masculine and feminine or the sperm and the egg or whatever, there's this ether that's in the middle. And for example, when we... I think we've chatted about it or I've chatted about it with someone, but the charge can create the minerals. Like the minerals in the soil, yeah. for example, don't come from the soil. They come from the ether. It's a right. potentiality that is the charge meets and now the, the minerals are created. It's like some people don't realize too that certain bacteria, fungus, and parasites in the body, they don't come into you. They're actually created out of quote unquote thin air. Even though there's no thin air inside of you. Mm -hmm. Parasites emerge in meat from the meat not from somewhere getting into it they emerge and i'm like there's some element to whatever form or level of consciousness or resonance or whatever between the sparks the positive and negative but it's connected via an ether so even though when a sperm and an egg might meet it doesn't mean that conception happened then it's like and likewise what that also means is that without a sperm and egg uh, getting you can have that immaculate conception which right. is the the biblical story which is if you connect that ether it's you're having a baby anyway so it's like when did that happen not when did the penis enter the vagina you know and i, I know enough women that know the moment that pregnancy occurred like I know enough of them where it's just like it's not i don't think it's it i i don't think it's by chance like just speaking about when our daughter was created my wife knew immediately she's like you know it wasn't 72 hours later that she's like oh i'm pregnant <laughs> like it was like while we were holding each other she's just like 
oh yeah like it happened like it it's there and yeah. like i i've done enough tantric sex like i i trained myself for years and years and years how to not ejaculate and like cycle the energy and ride the the valley orgasm as they say to where like the subtle energetics when you could feel the cycling of the energy between you and your female counterpart and you could just feel the the it it, it literally is a cycle to actually that's what this is exactly. that's what that is <laughs> is that you making love to mother earth yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it, it's really it was i was so glad that i did that i mean i initially did that because i didn't trust my girlfriend at the time and i i i knew that she i could feel i could feel when a when a woman's body wanted to be pregnant like wanted to be impregnated it felt like a completely different energetic pull and because I didn't trust my girlfriend at the time, I read this book, The Multi-Orgasmic Man. <laughs> and it was great because it like trained me how to like not, not follow that. And it was wonderful. Like I had excellent birth control from that. And then I ended up becoming like a polarity therapist. Like that's the, that's the type of massage that I do is called polarity therapy. So that's also, there's a reciprocal energy that's going on. And so this is like a good lead into the whole thing with we we started off talking about how we could observe our local environment and have an have an influence on it. You're wearing this wonderful shirt that says remembering and it has the sun on it and it has this nice little uh field above your your toroidal field. And then this this cycling of of energetic. And there's the one underneath too. Oh, I didn't see that. That's that's the mycelium, which I put nodes on all of them because that's the the uh, network that ah. also connects the heaven, the heaven and earth and stuff. That's brilliant. So so do tell, like, give give me the rundown of how you modify the weather. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, actually, can I just ask one more question first based sure. on your last thing? Because sure. I'm just wondering, you don't have to go into it in detail. I'm just wondering, it's two things. One is based on this, right? So you've got the you've got the positive version of that that needs to meet the negative version if you're making love to a woman to make the baby. You can feel that she, in because the women can manipulate things very well. And uh, if you know that you don't trust her, do you think that, you could even if you ejaculated if you're aware of your parietal field if you break the circuit does that mean that it can prevent pregnancy even if the man ejaculates into the woman because of the man can the man influence whether or not the woman gets pregnant because it's got to be a combination thing if the man knows his circuitry so well he's in it he's feeling that flow can he feel oh no nah, i better break that circuit and then it actually prevents uh, pregnancy so the man is actually controlling that you think that that's i would have to say yes um but it's pretty advanced yeah to do that well so i i've done a lot of fertility counseling with with couples and the main thing that i found with women that couldn't get pregnant from their male counterpart was that their energetic body was bigger than their male counterpart. 
Oh. And so their their field when that collapsing would be occurring there wasn't enough to actually fill 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 the collapse so i know they That's make fascinating. It, they make it very gross you know in like today's terms like they always talk about penis size and all this stuff but size does matter from an energetic field perspective because the negative pull, the negative pull is always pulling in. It's always, it's the implosive yeah. aspect. And when it implodes, it wants to be fully surrounded. If it's not fully surrounded, then when it implodes, there's nothing and there's nothing. So women, most women are totally unconscious to this. They just know what they know, what they, what they're, you know, seeing and stuff like that. So the, I can only speak for myself in this regard. I would, I could cut the circuit. I would cut the circuit. That's what the valley orgasm is. The valley orgasm is actually dropping down into the lower, I guess you would call it lower octave of the excitation. So you're still excited, but you're, in a lower octave, but at that point, the field is smaller. You know, that, that, that compresses the field. So then depending on if the titillation is just purely physical or whatever, that only carries a certain amount. Um, Cause it was very interesting before I even knew about Valley orgasms, the, the, what I was experiencing with, with my partners was when their body wanted to be pregnant, the implosive power was much greater. Like I actually felt like my whole body was like being pulled in. Like it was, it was like, whoa, this is like, this is like a much bigger thing that's going on. And I didn't, I didn't know what that was until I, I was talking with one, one girl that was being very honest. And she was like, yeah, I saw myself having at least three kids by now and all this stuff. And I was like, oh shit, time out. <laughs> like yeah. that, that, that's not my, that's not my thing. That, that's not, I don't see that with that, the whole timing, whatever. So in learning what that energetic pattern was, then it allowed me to be able to ride the, the, the male energy is a vertical energy, whereas the female energy is the horizontal telluric energy. So if you look at it, like when you are attracted to a woman, it's because the energy, like if you just watch her shape and her form, it's doing this. And when women are attracted to men, his energy is doing this. And that's the original cross. You know, that's the immaculate conception. That is, yeah. you know, the, the solar energy meeting the, the Madre Tierra. That is like your heart on the horizon with your Shishumna. It's, it's repeated over and over and over. That is, that is creation, right? So within the field, like of, of, the sexual act when her energy is doing this and your energy is cycling like this, you can actually displace your vertical energy into a horizontal plane. And that's the valley orgasm. And you can just stay there and then you can just ride the heart current. And the heart current isn't necessarily procreative. The heart current is, is much more of like, 
deep, deep, deep appreciation, which is very, very fulfilling, especially if somebody isn't used to feeling that. You know, if you get into that into that loop current with a with a being, it's extremely healing. And I think that's all the healers, all the real healers in the world. That's what they're doing. They get into that deep heart current with somebody. And they're not only appreciating the being for what they are, they're appreciating the event that they're witnessing. That that particular event is is like so specific and beautiful in and of itself that the heart even the heart is loving that. Yeah, I've experienced that firsthand as well several times. It's like the last partner I had too. It was like the lovemaking was just like another. Is, is it, but see, I had to learn this. You've learned this because you're, I don't know how, maybe you can, you can share, but some people consciously go to these places. But for me, I learned most of what I learned through pain and through having to. For example, like as I was, well, I got really sick in my early 20s. And it got to the point too, where if I, uh, if I ejaculated and lost my essence, I would be like, that was horrible. Like I would go into depression, pain. Now, like, no, I was depleted, like life force gone, mm -hmm. literally, because I was on this knife edge of, uh, of functioning, not functioning. So I had to learn how to cycle. Like I read the same multi-orgasmic man back then. And uh, I had to learn this because of pain mm -hmm. and because of failing. <laughs> Whereas somebody like you, I assume probably learned it because you had a conscious interest in it and it came from like a different it's just a different place i'm only assuming is that or did you learn from pain as well or what i was in a lot of pain through athletics you know i was a college athlete that was going pro and i probably never drank a bottle of water throughout my entire college career and i, I sweat a lot like i'm very uh Pitakapa in, in Ayurvedic, like I run hot. And so I probably, I was so mineral depleted and dehydrated and all the rest of it. I had a uh, irritable bowel syndrome. I had the, they put me on anti-inflammatories. I tore my, I tore a muscle in my leg during a bowl game and they like put me on anti-inflammatories and they never took me off for three years. So I had a, uh, an ulcerated colon. Um, I was I was in a lot of pain uh, just because of the repetitive stress of the the position I played. But you know, it's one of those things where I was so out of touch with how I was feeling physically, and I had so much willpower with what I wanted. <laughs> like I, I had come to find out once I entered the yoga and massage world, I worked for a chiropractor who was a, uh, he was a Qigong master and he taught me the whole biological debt thing. And he's like, you know, you can do all these things and use your willpower, but that's going to take, you know, that's going to take from the end of your life you know, or that's going to shorten your life. And it was true because when I was a young man, I could never see past age 35. Like I didn't never thought of family. I never thought of anything. It wasn't that I had a death thing in my, in my consciousness. It was just like, literally the route I was on, I would not have made it past age 35. And it was like, I literally, it wasn't until like being in the ashram for a while and like disconnecting from the Western mind in the Western world. And like that whole, 
vein that I was in and like going the exact opposite route that I think the biological debt was like repaid, you know, and now I'm 46 and vital and have like family and we're going to have kid, more kids and stuff like that. Like I feel great and I can see a future. It's just very odd because mm. I couldn't see a future back then. It was because I was probably, I was in so much pain, but I was, I was, I was numbing it out. Um, yeah, I, I just used ambition and work ethic to be the main way that I numbed myself. That That's what I did till I was like 22 or so. And then I was introduced to uh, transcendental meditation and it fucking blew my mind. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on? And then I, then I became aware of my true self, my, let's say my conceptual, my conceived self. Um, at that moment, like it, it took years to unwind my egoic self, like that, which I was identified with, but, uh, I was in a lot of pain. Like I had been in, a, <laughs> I've been run over by cars a couple of times. I'd been hit by like Mack truck men. Like I, I, when in my college career, I was only 185 pounds and I was getting hit by like men that were like 250 pounds, much bigger and faster than me. That's like a car wreck mm -hmm. every time. Concussed a lot. So uh, I had a, I had a fair bit of pain, but it wasn't anything I just had a very, very strong willpower. Like I, I knew, I knew what I didn't like and I knew situations I didn't want to be in. I didn't so much know what I liked or where I wanted to be. I, I more knew what I didn't want to be in. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It's a good yardstick though. That's like, it's important to know that some people just aren't even at that point. So yeah. And I knew at that age, I did not want to be a dad, especially with, with, with those partners. Like I knew for a fact, I was like, that's not going to work. <laughs> oh, my light went out. So yeah, there, there is all that stuff. Um, so what I lost my train. Of well, thought. I was, that's right. I just think that I don't know anyone that has you know, broken through this veil and is now like, you know, more signal than noise who hasn't got there through pain or trauma or sacrifice. Right. Uh, I just don't know any odds. So I assumed, I assumed probably it was going to be the same for you, which is why I find it funny that people resist their suffering, I think is from a resistance of actually breaking through. So they're suffering. Whereas like we just in whatever way or whatever time we decided, it was just, let's just go into it. And then it's not suffering anymore. And then it becomes your way to become more signal and noise, which I find really cool. But um, you mentioned water. I'm sure we're going to talk about, I think talking about this uh, weather stuff will lead into that. But the last question I had for you is, do you know anyone that's had an immaculate conception? Do you know if that's actually possible through like, that's what the cross is, right? So it's like, do you know anyone that that's happened for like the minerals have been created out of the ether do you know anyone who's just had a, so for example, I still think it requires the man and woman to do that, but I just wonder if you could have non-penetrative sex, for example, or at least non-ejaculatory sex, and you, you, you create that so strongly that it does, it does come from the ether, the woman's pregnant. I don't know. I, I, I hear that it's meant to be, 
but it's one of those things I've never, I don't know anyone who can attest to that being, they know of it. I don't know personally. Um, a good friend of mine, well, I can't call her a good friend of mine. She was an internet friend that had like a very mysterious death. <laughs> she was a, her name was Tracy Twyman. And she was really researching like a lot of the black magic ways of, of, of how the, those folks do things. And when I used to have my podcast back in the day, um, we would talk a lot about it because she, she valued where I was coming from with things. And I could kind of give her some insight into energetics and things like that. And she talked about the main focus of all these dark arts is for uh, an immaculate conception though on the anti-Christic side. Like everything, like all of the, like the, all the uh, attention farming that they're doing it's all to concentrate it in a in a very specific way in a very specific right to make this this being to bring in through like an immaculate i don't even know if you, it, in that polarity you could call it immaculate <laughs> a demaculate <laughs> you would call it demaculate or unmaculate but like it she was convinced of it and she knew enough where and she was gone very soon after that like after she really started to expose like some of the temples and all the things that the places and the players and that type of thing like she didn't she, she wasn't long for this world once she really started to expose it but she was a hundred percent convinced that that was their that was their play was the 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 demonic immaculate conception is probably the best way I could say it. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Like a lot of these like uh this what building is it? It's a building in London. It's essentially I forget the names of all this stuff. I've kind of just like cast it out. But she was like the there's a she put it in her fictional novel and she wrote it. She wrote it as like, you know, true fiction. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it, the whole thing was to concentrate that, that Lucian that way. So, but I don't know anybody personally. I know yeah. like okay, on, a, cool. on a much lower level without making a human, uh, um, whenever I put pen to paper and draw something, <laughs> you know that it, that ends up being a creation like they're, mm -hmm. they're the majority of the drawings that i do end up being built end up being made you know so <laughs> uh, that's much less of a thing than a human but uh it's still a creation and then it's really interesting that i think the reason why you own what you create is because uh anything that's created in that way actually has a part of your soul in it it's very interesting the almost all the buildings that i've built it's just like i can feel me in it like i can feel it, a part of me in it there's always the third you know you always have the male and the female polarity and then you have the thing itself which has its own sentience 
but yeah. I, I can feel an aspect of my my being in that. I don't fully understand. Yeah. I don't I don't know a lot of a lot of creatives I have this discussion with a few people actually they're like once I've made a song and released it it feels like it's it has its own life and there's part of me that is now because that creative energy is now come to fruition now there's room for a lot more creativity whereas before it was like something same with like you know people have made films music uh, uh physical art like paintings or whatever they always feel that, that it's a birth of something something's birth and it's got its own life and uh, it's very common amongst creatives to hear that no matter what was created. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And there's, so, some, there's something also with mass. So um, when you're, when you make something that actually has mass, that doesn't, isn't just etheric. Um, I think the etheric stuff has a much quicker temporal effect. And as long as it's repeated, it can continue to have an influence. But things that have mass, like when you build something massive, <laughs> it's more of like that bass guitar note. It's just that it, it's a carrier wave. And that's why I think like things like the pyramids and stuff like that still have this pressure, exert a pressure on our consciousness. Mm. Yeah, no, 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's etheric too though because sometimes you say like, "Oh, that's that's heavy." Like something something feels weighty even if it's a concept, not just a physical thing. And I think those weighty concepts give rise to the weighty physical structures too, like mm -hmm. whether it's a massive dome or a massive pyramid or something. I, I agree it it does exert something that is tangible for a long time. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so let's get into some water, my man. We're both big. All right, cool. We're both big fans of making sure that the the more fluid side of our of our consciousness, you being Cancer, me being Pisces. Of course, we had to yeah. talk a, talk a little bit of water. Um, what is water? <laughs> uh, I, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Well, to me, I, I just think water is a medium. Water is a medium between uh, etheric and physical, for example um i just see it as that carrier as well it's a it's an etheric carrier it's a medium it carries information memory electricity it carries all of that and i just think uh it's it's also representative of the collection uh collective because you said earlier as well you're like these i forget what you said exactly but you were like all of our other emotion and it makes its way down into the to the ocean and it's like while it's in the while it's the energy and motion, it's like that's the thing that we think to be ours. But then the ocean is the collective, the is the like the collective consciousness. So for me, water is that. It's this bridge between the two. And then how well structured or how pure that water is will depend on what is being expressed as well. So those with dirty, sullied, and in like you know unstructured and not cohesive water they will express the heart attack and those with better structure and more cohesiveness clearer waters will express the heart opening depending on what's coming through so that's a summary of it yeah what's your what do you see water as 
my my good alchemist friend he he wanted to smack me up the side upside the head because i always say water is the universal solvent and he is like well it is a universal solvent according to uh according to books yeah he he had to correct me he's very technical um so water is a fluid that is the i i feel it and see it as the the memory organizing principle of this materium so there's many organizing principles that can be expressed but water holds the memory of whatever the context is for the materium it holds the original imprint the the memory for that and at the same time it can carry new memory so i was exposed to radionics a while back and radionics is essentially this way of manipulating the, the greater environment by broadcasting signals. And as far as they can tell, and I really think this is true, the protium, the, the light hydrogen aspect of water transduces that signal directly to the ether componentry. And I'm, I'm of the mind that this, this experience that we're in, the subtle controls the gross. So, the subtle signaling is mostly absorbed through the water, the, the, the material that we call water. And that water then carries that and distributes that through all different biological organisms. And depending on the, on the signal that that biological organism is receiving, the water structures itself in a, in a crystalline pattern to transduce the other energies from the other elementals, the, the let's just call it the fire and the air and the earth in, in a way that essentially creates what we would call density, but, or another way is just create form, biological form, living form. And on the, on the, on the most chemistry level of things, um, they i know i'm not a fan of reducing water to h2o or h3o4 or any of these things um i've made primary water by accident <laughs> so and i've been in enough ceremonies of seeing a like eject like people ejecting and purging to know that fluids as we know them aren't just like you know relegated to like you know a a, a certain volume and all this stuff just like oil <laughs> it, it's not a fossil fuel that's just like this amount like it's yeah the, the fluid component of our of our experience is includes air and water and these things they have they're a dir in direct proportion to our consciousness and I know in my own consciousness, whenever I've given reverence to the waters, whether they're outside me or in me, 
my body upregulates. And if I'm, let's just say, uh, disrespectful to the waters inside me or, or outside of me, I downregulate <laughs> in like lots of levels and lots of different ways. So yeah, that's, I know that's a very long winded way of explaining, like saying how I see it, but I have incredible. I think I said it better. I said the exact same thing, but in about a 10th of the time. <laughs> Yes, you are very eloquent. I appreciate that about you. Um, it's just one of those things like I, you know, I haven't been asked that question before. So I was just like, God, what is that? So I just know I really appreciate it and I love it. And I've, I've used it to enhance my, my capabilities. Like water is one of these things that can really enhance your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's because you you touched on the fact that because that's what I say about air too. Like air is like a, a lesser dense medium of water, and in the Bible, it always talks about the waters above and below, right? So it's like there's. I just think we're in these density layers of of water, and we're we're mostly that as well. And hundred percent, this whole idea of because I always mention Masaru Omotu, how he showed your projection of whether it was love or appreciation honoring as opposed to like a disharmonic hatred or something will affect the crystalline structure of the water so a lot of people are aware of that actually a lot of people on my channels too continually put uh, their relationship to water and how they see things change but it's i'm the same like the more i've gone into honoring and things the more i've noticed a change in myself and same thing if i'm ever out of alignment <laughs> it shows you know what's super interesting about that too is so there's always a way that the physical nature of things will show what's happening in the etheric nature. There's a there's an expression in health, you might use it a lot too, which is that the body doesn't lie. Right. But you could say you're healthy and you could say whatever, and I practice this and I do that, but the body shows it up. The body doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. And areas that have are prone to a lot of mosquitoes. Uh, usually there's something in the water in the area that is not right. The water isn't good. And there's usually more mosquitoes around that. And the guy, uh, Wayne Slack, who's in Australia, he's the guy that does grander water in Australia. And both the thing that I like about somebody is when they sell a product, but they acknowledge that that product is only an expression of what's already in us. We can do the same thing with water, mm. with our consciousness and our and, but when somebody pretends that we can't do that and they're like, no, no, you can't structure water without my product. I'm like, you're not on my Christmas list. Mm. So, but and he's like, <laughs> we say it, but it's like, I'm well aware that like, this isn't it, but I've got a grander rod and a grander board. I take it to when I pick up food because I get road rage and I'm not patient with people on the road because they're idiots and I can't handle it. No matter how much I try to see it from their perspective or forgive them, I'm like, there's no, there's no excuse for what you're doing. So while I've got food in the car, I'm not structuring the food because I'm off in my idiot judgmental mode. Whereas the grander board, while I'm not in my meditative state to structure the food or the water, it's doing it for me. So it has its place, but I can do that myself as well. But the point of that is that he's shown that when they put their grander water technology into an area, it can clean up uh, a, like toxic sludgy things from where waters have been polluted from either toxic waste, sewage or whatever. And the grander 
changes the nature of the bacterium that are around and it'll clean the water. And likewise, areas that are prone to lots of mosquitoes, when, when they use their grander systems in those areas, the mosquitoes aren't a problem anymore. And what's really interesting for me to note is that I still will am prone to getting bit by mosquitoes and itch like crazy when other people won't get bit. And that's that's an indication to me that while, you know, I mean, in a non, in a, just an objective rather than egotistical way, I know that I've got to levels that other people haven't that are around me, but still I'll be like, I know I'm not there yet to to use an expression because mm -hmm. I'm still like my waters aren't clean enough. And I know that because I get bitten by mosquitoes. Uh, and then other times I've noticed when I am more in alignment, I don't get bitten by mosquitoes right? anywhere near as much. Right. So right. it's like the body doesn't lie. You can think you're whatever, or you can have other people tell you you're whatever, even though you know you're not. And the mosquitoes are the ones that are showing the truth. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's super interesting because that really is that nature showing you uh, or the body showing you the truth of a matter. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That same alchemist friend that I was telling you about that yelled at me for calling water the universal solvent. He did an yeah. experiment where he was in a, he was doing a self cleaning phase within his practice. And he was up in Canada and it was during the summertime where they have really bad mosquitoes by the lakes. And he was getting bit a ton and he recognized exactly what you said. He was like, oh, I'm in an inferior position within my own mental construct here. He went into complete acceptance of the mosquitoes, like 100%. They stopped biting him. Like he was mm -hmm. literally in a swarm of them and they didn't, they didn't do anything. So this is a this is cool because this is the polarity aspect too. Because when you have a polarity with something like fucking mosquitoes, how could there be a god that creates mosquitoes? They're useless, whatever. Or so and like, fuck off, I hate them. And you've got a polarity around it, right? Mm -hmm. So that putting a polarity into something creates uh tension. Poles shift by nature. Yeah, poles shift by nature. The only way through anything, and anyone that's old and wise says the same thing, that's lived a lot of years, had a lot of experience, they're like, the only way that anything will break, even your own cycles that you might be stuck in. Like I keep getting sick or I keep getting injured or I keep losing money or relationships. Like that cycle is there because there's a polarity you are creating. As soon as you just come into that stillness point that's in the middle in full acceptance or unconditional love or whatever hippie terms you want to use, it's like, just goes. It's the only thing that that, that stops a polarity is that is the center point of no polarity. And it goes, it's gone. Like you won't get bit by those things. You won't lose money. You won't lose relationships anymore. It's crazy, right, but it's right. like the only way that it seems to happen. But I just thought that was interesting because the polarity is carried by water. Right. You know, like water, electricity carries through water very, very easily. It's a medium for that. So it's carried through that to, um, yeah, super interesting stuff. I love this sort of chat. Yeah, the it's really cool that you bring that up because the... I've gotten into cranial sacral biodialectic work and it's the most profound work that I've ever gotten into because it is finding that neutral center, like really understanding what neutral is where you're not in denial, like you you're in observance, but most people don't understand their observance 
carries a polarity. Their observance has a resistance or an attraction, like it has a repulsion or an attraction that's going on to it. So in the in the in this field of the biodialectic cranial sacral, you're observing a stimulus in your consciousness. And this stimulus is apparently an other. <laughs> and the the stimulus that you're feeling is obviously creating a, a let's call it a, a dynamic disequilibrium in the other being that they want gone or they wouldn't be there. <laughs> so what you end up doing is you end up being neutral, not only for the event that you're experiencing, but you become neutral for them with their resistance to it. And this is where I really think the Bible is saying where two or more are gathered in my name. It's not two individuals. It's actually having the the consciousness, the the actual the 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 knowing like okay, this this oh, I I'm aware of a thing and there's I'm also aware of the thing that's aware of the thing. And I'm okay with either of their states of being. And this is, I've been saying this for a while, and it really feels true to me, is that this is what bearing witness for God means. It is that neutral center. And my wife is the best shit tester of all existence. Like she shit tests better than anyone. And she had suffered from chronic migraines and all these things for years and years and years. And it was just like, it took me a while to get into a state where I wasn't sympathetic to that state, me not want me wanting her out of the pain state. You know what I'm saying? I, I had a, I had, I had a push. My awareness had will behind it to just get to the point of just being with the experience with her and being with her as her. And then whew, it's gone. And it reminded me of my first Raja yoga teacher because he was very emphatic. He's like, everything in existence, everything in existence wants to be recognized. That's it. So I know in myself, I still have to work on those subtle resistances I have of certain things that I have going on in my system and I'll resist them. I'll have a judgment. That's part of the reason why I got into astrology and why astrology is so potent for me is because it made me okay with aspects of my being that I wasn't okay with. Like it was like, Oh, <laughs> motherfucker, God made you this way. You have no, it says power is off in one minute to save energy. Press any button to prevent power off. I don't know what that means. Press that one. <laughs> well, press... you know what? You know what's you know what's funny is when you're saying you had so much resistance to something, resistance is another electrical term. When there's high right. resistance, it's increasing the polarity. So you're never going to get out of something. Well, that's why the expression what you resist persists, but you can always bring it down to this uh this free flow of uh of the electrical nature of the of the universe. Right. 
And it's so cool and neutral. The neutral center is a thing because that is, you know, once again, that is the 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 low pressure point in the in the center of an electrical circuit that actually creates the vortex. Like they're always showing you yeah. the, to the toroid, but what is causing the to toroidal? Oh, there you went. Are you still there? My yeah. my uh, my other screen. It kept telling me it was like low power mode. <laughs> There you are. No, it's still there. Cool. But that's also that whole vacuum thing where once you, because there's no such thing as no thing. So once you find that neutrality point, that's when people make those, they they operate in, in a new, call it dimension, field, uh, a greater sphere, because that's given, that's been the birthing of something else. So it's like, as soon as you go, it's like when people die, quote unquote, you immediately, it's just a different thing. It's like, it's a changing over, but it's like, it's that i don't know how to explain it in uh in that electrical analogy but it's like it's the potential for that for that to grow beyond that old polarity where you're now in a new and then you can you grow beyond you keep growing beyond and uh that's why there's no finality to things that's why uh everything happens in those those shifts you know like like the realm that's why i think like just to use an analogy to show that is that when you know you said you got something at the start of quote unquote COVID. It's like that the reason that the what people see in front of them is there's this apparent virus called COVID, which is not, but it's because uh whatever you want to call it astrologically or sky clock or whatever, it's going into a particular phase that's going to to do that. And they know it. They have their own, you know, the mm -hmm. elites or whatever you want to call them, that it's all run on astrology and stuff. So they know something's coming in. So then they put in the smoke screen or the story or the physical version of what they want people to believe that to be. So instead of it being an awesome thing, it's now a fear resonance thing based on uh, whatever that's going to affect the heart. It's like it's a heart-based resonance that is. So that's how you can affect those upper and lowers. But it's interesting because that's like these phases that we go through, they are something that that does switch over into a new age or phase or timeline or whatever you want to call that. And, but some will go with it and some won't. And that's why, uh, that's what happens when you reach that neutrality is it doesn't like stop. You don't become nothing. It's the, it's the birthing of the all thing so that you can now be part of the grand universe thing and not get lost in something, not be like, oh, fuck, I don't exist anymore because that doesn't happen except for your inability to find that point. Uh, where it's the same as like you're depressed you find the neutral point now you're not depressed you now you're into but there's no it's not even like there's an in-between it's just like it's gone from that into oh actually things are awesome mm -hmm. and it's almost like you can't even remember what it was like if you haven't noticed that like yeah. i noticed growing up too it's like i could literally be in extreme pain i'm out of pain and not an hour later i can't remember what it was like to be in pain or come summer i can't remember what winter's like i'm like I remember I was cold, but like, I can't remember what being cold is like because I'm in summer. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I can't even remember this. Like, I can, like, I'm not saying I can't, but it's just, it's difficult to, to, uh, yeah, express the winter when you're in summer. It's difficult to remember pain when you're not in pain anymore. It's crazy. To keep the electrical analogy, you're in low impedance. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
when you're that in the moment and you're constantly coming from the fourth wall, which is the neutral center, like where you're observing life, like I, I, I'll ask you this question. Have you noticed that everything's always in front of you? Yes. Yeah. So you'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people that's not the case. They actually think that there's something behind them. Ah. Wow. Yeah. I never considered that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Those people, the majority of them have a tremendous amount of impedance where the noise in their consciousness is greater than the signal of their origin. I'm just put like my mind's just going to all of these ways now. I'm reconstructing a lot of things that I've I've thought of in the in the past. It's like, yeah, that's so true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it would also relate to the way that the water was at that point as well. Like, how is the water? Like, is it viscous or is it uh, you know, it's, it's just got this ease to it kind of thing? It's like, I find yeah, that the more the 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 water that I've experienced that has zero memory in it and is also structured is slightly more viscous. Mm. I have no way of measuring that. That's just all anecdotal. But the feeling. Yeah. 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 Well, so cool. Eh? <laughs> well, Tom, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and 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 cut the record time here. Uh, it was great rapping with you. I would love to have you back on. And always Definitely. feel free to to reach out to me if uh, you ever want to rap, because I find you to be such a great mind, and I really appreciate everything that you've brought to light. And uh, I just want to continue this friendship. It's good stuff. Me too, man. Same back at you. It's like it's what you're one of the those people that once I first started hearing, like expressing the way that they see things. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's. This is this is good. Like we've got to, we've got to, but it's so weird too because you'd think it would have happened straight away, but I had all this impedance to actually because we wanted you wanted to talk to me like ages ago, right? But I'm <laughs> like, I don't have internet. I've got to try to book a studio. It's like, why can't it just be easy? <laughs> so I'm like, I've got this, yeah. But anyway, it's it's moving, it's moving now, it's blowing. So we'll definitely, I think we'll do multiple chats. I want to talk more about well, we didn't even talk about this. This the moving the weather. We'll do that can be the topic that we specifically talk about. Yes. And then we can do a show. We can do heaps of stuff. We'll have several chats, my friend. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Where can people find you? Uh, mostly my website's tombynet.tv. That's also the name of my Telegram channel and my uh, Instagram channel. Uh, I don't know how long those will last for, but I've always got, it's always some derivative of that. So right. tombynet.tv is where we mostly find it. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. For sure. Thank you. All right.